Ghost with Wise Wolf Tarot, and you're listening to Out of the Broom Closet. Welcome to episode five. Today on the podcast, we have my good friend, owner of Northern Lights Soul Tarot on Facebook. She has been a professional tarot reader for over 10 years, the lovely Gina Moore. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. So um, just so everybody knows, we are social distancing. We're currently in separate buildings <laughs> across town. So we're yes, safe. Across town. <laughs> um, so Gina, Miss Gina, one of my favorite people. Um, I met oh, you. Thank you. You're one of my favorite people too, I must say. Oh, you're so Ms. sweet. Kira. Thank you, love. Um, <laughs> I met you through KCPC, um, which I've mentioned on the podcast before, which is Kern County Pagan Circle. It is a local community um, with a discussion group. And um, so, so tell me, like, how long have you been going to KCPC? Well, it, it's been um, about a year and a half. And it was really sort of a happy accident that I even got to KCPC. Oh yeah. Um, it was really interesting because a good friend of mine, Christine, whom you've, you know, you've known for a while. Yeah. Um, we happened to walk into the enchanted cottage looking for some, you know, incense or, or crystals or something. And we saw people sitting in a circle inside a room. So we went, Oh, there's people. Let's go sit down. Yeah. Didn't know who they were, what they were doing there. (laughs) (laughs) You would, you would be the person who just like sneaks in. Yeah. We just totally, you know, crashed the party, sat down and thought, Oh, this looks interesting. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be a KCPC meeting. And we kind of looked at each other and we said, we found our people. (laughs) Yeah. You did. You know, I have to say that, that I love the amount of wisdom um, that you both bring to KCPC. You guys are, are, are both very well versed in so many different areas. And what's funny is, is the two of you are, are so polar opposite, yet very much the same. Yes. <laughs> we, we talk about that all the time, how we, and it's funny because we, we are convinced that we have been in this, in many lives together mm-hmm. in various capacities. Um, and we've even tracked our genealogy back to the same part of Scotland at what? the same time. Yes. It, really interesting. So yes, we are, we are so different in so many ways, yet we're so similar and so connected in so many ways. It's, it's, it's uncanny. Yes. <laughs> That's, I had no idea. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's funny how people just walk into your life and they're supposed to be there. So, right. all right. So one of the questions that I love asking people, even though I personally hate labels, but if you had, I already know, I think I know the answer to this, but if you had <laughs> to label yourself, uh, what kind of pagan would you label yourself, if pagan at all? Well, let's let's talk about labels. Yeah. So I, I hear a lot of people say I hate labels. Mm-hmm. It it you know I hear it all the time. Yeah. But look, we we use language, right? Yeah. That's a dog. That's a chair. That's a plant. That's a window, right? Mm-hmm. We label things by definition by using language. We label things. So. I'm okay with labels. The rub is when we give too much power or weight to a single label. Right? I agree. I agree. I like that. See? Okay. So You're I'm so short. <laughs> I'm short. I'm a short woman. Mm-hmm. But damn it. I'm not just a short woman. True. I'm 10,000 other labels, right? That's right. So labeling is just the start of understanding who a person is. So with that being said, I label myself an intuitive tarot reader and a hedge witch. Hmm? So explain what hedge witch means, because I feel like that's probably something a lot of people have not heard. 
Yeah. Um, and it's a fairly new term. I mean, newish. Um, a hedge witch is symbolic of someone who crosses the hedge, and I'm using air quotes, crosses the hedge <laughs> between the living world and the world of the dead or the astral plane. And my main focus is lifting the veil between the two worlds. Mm -hmm. and intuitively receiving and interpreting messages. So additionally, hedge witchery is sort of shamanistic, and herbs and plants and nature play a very big part in my personal belief system. Yeah, that, that um, I did understand about hedge, witch, uh, hedge mm -hmm. witches is that they're very into... Um, that they use a lot of herbs, that they're essentially, um, from what I understood, green witch and hedge witch were essentially the same. But I love your your extra layer on there about crossing the hedge and the veil. Um, you say that you interpret signs from the other realm, right? Right. So would you consider yourself a medium? I don't typically wear that label. Okay. I, I call myself more of an intuitive or an empath. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, I, you know, I do receive messages. I call them downloads because we live in the digital world. So I call them downloads. Makes sense. Um, but I will receive messages in the, in the form of, um, uh, pictures in my mind's eye. I will receive scents like, uh, smells of a rose or a lilac or, or something like that. Um, so yes, it's interesting because, um, that is part of what a medium does. Mm -hmm. um, but the stronger part of what I do is in the feeling aspect of it, right? So the, the empath part of it, I'll feel someone's energy more so than the other sensory parts of it. Gotcha. That makes you, sense. You use that a lot when you're, when you're um, ghost hunting. Yes. Yes. I can sense when there's a presence um, I can sense when there is energy there, but I may not know why, who, what, where, whereas a medium will, will walk in and say, oh, this is Johnny from, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I may just sense that there's a presence there, but uh, the messages may not be as clear cut as your typical medium. Gotcha. Okay. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very similar. Um, at first it's like, I sense it. And then I ask if I can talk to it. Mm -hmm. And if not, because sometimes they're not very receptive. If not, then I go based off of my feelings and kind of what I see. But I usually won't get like a conversation, like words. It'll be more of like a, like a movie in my head. Right. Um, but if it's like contacting someone for someone, usually, it's, usually they're more open for communication. You've been, you've been to the Queen Mary, right? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Recently. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I totally forgot. Yeah. Yeah. The Queen Mary. I love the Queen Mary. The Queen Mary is phenomenal and it's so riddled with history and spirits. So it's, you know, so you get a twofer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that place. So have you have you done like thorough investigating on the Queen? I have not investigated on the Queen Mary. I would love to. Um there, you know, I was there during the day with everybody else all the other tourists and yeah. we we paid for a tour and there there's so much humanity and so you know so many people packing every space of that ship all day mm -hmm. long um for me you know it needs to be two o'clock in the morning when it's quiet and there's nobody else around for me to really get a sense for what you know the energy that's there yeah, that's understandable, especially when it's, you know, when it's a spirit that's like not strong or however you, you know, however you would want right. to explain it. But, you know, when you, when they're having to battle against the live people on the, on the ship, it yes. makes it a little difficult sometimes. Yes. It, it, and that's truly what it is. It's, it's, you know, it's really battling for attention. Um, when, when I have interactions with spirits, it's typically, um, so it could be, I'll, I'll tell you a recent, a recent example. Yeah, for sure. I was having lunch, dis social distancing lunch, right? I was in my car. My friend was in her car. 
we were parked next to each other having our lunch. <laughs> that's our that's our new normal, right? That's our picnic. Right. Um, during this lunch, one of her relatives came through very strongly. Oh wow! And yeah, and this is you know twelve o'clock noon in the middle of the day, you know, in a parking lot, and I, you know, I described the face the the hair the mannerisms how he held his how, you know his teeth the shape of his teeth you know he had these buck teeth and you know why is he doing this you know why is he bouncing a basketball and <laughs> you know it was very specific they come to me very specific to 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 validate yeah um so you know of course she was blown away and i was blown away because i'm like you know why are you showing up at lunchtime you know <laughs> Um, but it, it, it had, it was a very specific message and I'm, I'm giving the message. I'm, I'm describing what the spirit's showing me and I, my human brain has to interpret, what does this mean? Oh yeah. So I've learned that I just have to spit it out, whatever it is, whatever I'm seeing, this is not making sense to my human brain, but it may make sense to the person I'm delivering the message to. And oh, absolutely. Of course she was blown away and, and she was like, balls in my court. And I was like, oh, that's it. The balls in your court. And she explained to me what that meant. Mm. And, uh, and as soon as, and as soon as she, you know, interpreted the message, he kind of, you know, tapped his, tapped his head, like you got it. And he turned turned around and walked away. That's wow. oftentimes how it happens. Just like what, like you said earlier, watching a movie. It's like watching a movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's how I get it a lot is um, images or like, I'm like, I'm having a memory. Like I'm remembering something of my own life, but it winds mm -hmm. up being someone else's life. Right. And I, I love that you say that, like, you just had to give up and say what you see. And, you know, that's one of the, one of the things that, that I've learned that have turned kind of into a slogan um, whether it's doing mediumship or tarot is I give what I get and I don't censor shit because for the longest time I was so scared with tarot. I was so scared of being wrong that I would keep all of these intricate details to myself. Yeah. And then there was one, um, one reading that I still to this day will never forget. And, um, it was just very, it was like getting hit in the face with a frying pan and they would not stop until I said it. Mm. And so I was like, Oh, fine. This is the way this person looks. These are the tattoos that they have and their face just like went yeah. completely white. And I was like, okay, so um, thanks for yelling at me guides. And I will keep <laughs> this up. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really interesting when that happens that I had a similar experience. And again, in a rando place, um, I was hiking in Sequoia with my friend and we sat down at a, at a bench and uh, a park, uh, um, a picnic table at mm -hmm. the top of our trail. And we were just kind of hanging out. And of course, you know, we're pagans. So we have all kinds of stuff with us. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Backpack you know, full we, of crystals and herbs. Backpack right? full of crystals and, and candles. And, you know, here we are and, you know, doing our thing. Um, but the image of, of of a death mask came to me. I said, mm -hmm. "Look, I'm seeing I'm seeing this person with with their lips pursed. They've got you know their eyes are squinted. You know they it looks like a, a dead person." Mm -hmm. This friend of mine pulls out her phone, and she had taken a picture of her cousin in the morgue that she had had to go identify, and she said, "Is this him?" And I said, yes, that's exactly what I had described from Girl, the, shut the, the lips. Front door. To, yeah, from the lips and, and everything. So they come to us to, to and show us these things to validate, mm -hmm. right? Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. and, and he had a message that day. He had just died the week before, but he had a very big message and it was, it was, it was very emotional. Oh, I bet. So it's kind of how it works. Oh. The, mm -hmm. the, the struggle, the struggles of being the messenger, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is we have to, 
a we have to interpret these things mm-hmm. um we have to open ourselves up we have to interpret and then we have to deliver and sometimes the messages are not easy to get right you know right i mean i i feel like you and i are a lot alike probably why i like you but you know um (laughs) but but no like it's it's so it can be really difficult and i don't think people realize how taxing it can be to be the messenger right you know um number one it it takes it takes our energy to actually mm -hmm. receive the download oh for sure and it's exhausting um and then to to get our brain involved to understand what we're delivering so that you know we don't we don't want to deliver something that's going to be hurtful or it's going to be painful or it's going to be you know scary even though there may be an important message in there um so we have to be we have to use tact and and use it so that the information is going to be useful yeah i feel like if it was easy everyone would do it yeah (laughs) it's definitely not and it's um but it's very rewarding i feel like like doing this is is definitely what i was put here to do and I'm sure you feel the yeah. same. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I've been aware of since I was a small child. You well, know? and that, that kind of leads into like my next question. Like what got you started in paganism? Oh, gosh. Or did it start, well, or did it start with ghosts first and then it worked into paganism? Because, I mean, a lot of people will see things when they're younger and then just not realize it and then wind up walking this path later. Yeah. And I, th- I think many people. Many children, if not all children, yeah. see see things from across the veil mm-hmm. or through the veil. I started trancing at a very early age. And, and when I say trancing, I would go off into this meditative trance-like state. My earliest memories, I mean, how, how far back can you remember? You know, three, four? Mm-hmm. Um, being in this trance-like state and being transported to another realm. Wow. You could light firecrackers around me and I could maintain that state if I wanted to. That's impressive. But I also had the free will to come out if I wanted to. So that was real frustrating to my parents. (laughs) 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 I could just dip, you know, (laughs) if I wanted to. Um, and, And that was for a very long time. And, you know, I would have the, you know, what do you call them? Not invisible friends, the, um, imaginary friends, imaginary friends that I swear to this day were as real as you and me. Yeah. Solid, solid to this day. My, my parents and my brother, my brother's past now, but they would tell me you're nuts. This, This child did not exist that you used to play with. Hmm. I used to play with this little girl named Sylvia every single day and my parents swear to me she didn't exist that's hilarious uh-huh like it isn't it isn't uh-huh. but like I get it like specifically I don't remember any imaginary friends I just remember like the nighttime visits from randos all the time mm. and oh uh, wow yeah like I would <sighs> I slept with a nightlight. This is some serious, um, seriously personal stuff, guys. Like, I slept with a nightlight until I moved out of my parents' house. Until I moved okay, out of well, my mother's that's house. Not, that's I, not that unusual. I Because honestly, the darker it was, I feel like the more people were in my room. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, I get you. I get you, girl. I feel you. Because... I was the same kid. Well, that makes me feel better. Because <laughs> I don't dark. think I've ever admitted that to anyone in my entire life. Even today. I mean, yeah. even today, I, I have a hard time with dark, 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 dark spaces. Mm-hmm. Because shadows, shadow people, and I know you probably see shadow people. Oh, yeah. Shadow people are darker than the dark. Darker than and the darkest can, dark. You can see them moving. Mm-hmm. And you can only see them when it's really dark. Yeah. So you eliminate that by having some form of light in the room. Yeah. No, I still fall asleep with the TV on. Uh-huh. 
Um, there are times though, I go through these weird spurts where like, I can't go to sleep if the TV's on and I have to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And um, it's weird because <laughs> usually those times are the times where I like sleep like the dead. Like, right. I think it's just the universe being like, look, you need to cut out all distractions and just yeah. go. Yeah. When I'm sick, turn off all the light. I keep my salt, my Himalayan salt lamp on all night now, but mm-hmm. when I'm sick or something, mm-hmm. give me as much dark as possible. Yeah. You know, do you, I, I'm just left field question. Do you suffer from migraines? Yes. Okay. So do I. So it was just something I was told to ask. So like, I feel like it's probably something that, um, that is in direct correlation to what we do. hundred percent. And mm-hmm. if I don't, ground after I have had a conversation with someone in the astral plane. Yeah. I will have a massive migraine for days. Oh, I bet. So it's so important to get your bare feet on the earth and ground and, and release that energy. I completely agree. It's been Mm -hmm. with, with everything going on in the world right now, I've been getting a lot more anxiety and a lot more migraines you know, I don't shield every day, especially now that I'm home, unless I do start feeling really bad anxiety, which thank goodness has kind of calmed down. Um, I feel like humanity as a whole has kind of calmed down lately, which is good. Um, Yes. You can feel the shift. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think people are starting to move into that. This is the new norm, even though we know it's not going to be long, long term. Yeah. I feel like if we go back to normal life too soon, that it will only make things worse. So hopefully everyone keeps their cool. So you've been seeing people from other realms since you were a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, When did you start getting into the pagan side of it? So when I was a kid, I had those experiences. And Mm -hmm. then as I started getting older, I really sort of became distant from it. I, you know, I was probably 12 years old studying the occult. I can remember. Mm -hmm going to the library and sneaking into that section Mm -hmm. and looking at those books and being, you know, and of course my, my grandmother had some of those books too. And I would, I would sneak and study those books when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. But when I became a teenager, um, you know, got into sports and, you know, boys, beer, you know, all that stuff. So I really got away from it for a long while. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started looking, looking at it deeply again in my twenties. Yeah. And I would say that's probably, and at at that point I'm an adult and and it's interesting because I want to back up for a second. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid, I was a voracious reader, right? I mean, just voracious reader. And I got obsessed with Stephen King and those types of books. Oh yeah. And I was obsessed with New England and Bahaba and, you know, (laughs) had to, you know, everything about it was just mysterious. And, you know, I was very drawn to it. Did you read Um, any Lovecraft when you were younger? Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Don't know why I asked. I'm sorry. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I, I had this reverence for, for all of these things Mm -hmm. and in my 20s, I had this opportunity to leave Bakersfield and go, the, go east, which yeah. I did. And I made my way across the United States, moved you know, across North America, ended up oh. in Canada, lived in Canada for a year, what? and ultimately ended up in Boston, in New England. Can't and mm-hmm, I went to UMass. Um, I lived right in downtown Boston in Beacon Hill, visited Maine and Vermont and New Hampshire every single weekend and, and just immersed myself in that whole thing. So it was just interesting because I was so obsessed with it when I was a kid and ended up moving there as an adult. And when I moved to Boston is really when I started really delving deep into paganism. Do you think that it had to do with that time in your life or do you think it had to do with the place and time in your life? Both. I think it definitely had to do with both because when I, when I went to New England and I, especially when, you know, living in a place like Boston, which is full of free thinkers, Mm -hmm. right? 
it's, it's academia on steroids, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, I was immersed in this whole world of academia. I worked for Harvard medical school, you know? Um, and it, it was just this, this free thinking that I was just excited about. I didn't have to sneak to look at these books because everybody was reading them and everybody was having these deep conversations. And that was exciting to me. Um, So, you know, yeah, it was really awesome. And, and that was when I really started starting to develop my belief system, I guess you could say. That's amazing. You've had such like an inter. I don't know. I guess I'm just super jealous of anyone who's like moved around a lot because I have not. Oh <laughs> well, like you so know, much can be learned, but just by being in a different place, you yeah. know, a change of environment can really, really change your perspective on a lot of things. When I went up to Oregon um, a few years ago, I was there for a month and a half, and it was it was honestly like a life-changing experience. Like that place to me is like pure magic. Like you can just yeah. feel the energy yes. where I was and there's, it, everything's green. That doesn't hurt, you know? Right. But it was, it was just really, really beautiful. And I feel like, I feel like, you know, Bakersfield specifically, it's, it's a dry place. It's or the desert. And I feel you know, the more I think about it, the more, you know, I feel like that's kind of how, how people are. It's like, there's not a lot of growth here when it comes to spirituality and, and things like that. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to ponder this a little bit later, but I, but I do think it's interesting that, you know, places that are more lush do tend to have more, uh, more of a pagan community. Like we absolutely, absolutely. Because that's nature. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm, For sure. Paganism is rooted in nature. Yeah. Our belief systems are rooted in nature. And, um, you know, you're right. Oregon, you know, even going to new England, which has Mm -hmm. so much history, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. Right. This is all rooted in history. And when I, when, and I'm going back to what we were talking about earlier, when I was researching my genealogy, when I moved to Boston and all that obsession that I had about New England when I was a kid reading those Stephen King novels, Mm -hmm. it all came full circle last week when I was researching my genealogy. And I had, I I was totally obsessed, right? When you start clicking on those links, you you get obsessed. And I had had been researching for days, days and days, following one particular line. Yeah. And um I found going back, you know, I'm going back and I'm and now I'm in the 1800s, okay, now I'm in the 1700s, okay, now I'm in the 1600s and I'm getting super excited. My family, this particular line was one of the first families in Provincetown, Massachusetts in Cape Cod. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it was, a, it was exciting, but it wasn't shocking because I was so enamored when mm-hmm. I was in Boston, I was so drawn to Cape Cod. I yeah. wanted to spend every, every weekend in Cape Cod, just being obsessed when I was a child and then coming full circle to living there and then finding my family line going all the way back to, you know, the, one of the original founding families. Yeah. That's insane. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's really, really awesome. You can feel it. You can feel the magic like you said in Oregon you could feel it when I'm walking through the woods in in Vermont Mm -hmm. or in New Hampshire or in western Massachusetts in the Berkshires you can feel the the spiritual activity it's like an energy that's just like pulsing through everything you know and I found it really really fascinating some friends um some friends and me were were walking through the woods and kind of got lost. No big deal, right? Um, <laughs> and and I was like, look, listen, you guys, just stop, stop moving, because they started freaking out, right? Because they're yeah. city city folk. And I was like, just stop. And I just stood there for a second, quiet, and they started talking. And I'm like, you guys need to be quiet and just let me hone in here. And I just turned around, and like a like a soldier on a mission just started walking and they're like where are you going and I'm like I don't know just follow me and literally 10 minutes later we were at the road right. 
And they were like, how did you do that? I was like, no clue. Don't ask. <laughs> yeah. There, there, it's like there's a compass or something. And, and yeah. it, you know, it, I didn't really want to leave. And maybe that was why we got lost. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I wanted to stay. Right. And, and, you know, part of being a hedge witch yeah. is hedge witchery. Yes, it has to do with herbs. That's part mm-hmm. of our practice and yeah. not our main practice. Herbs, herbs can enhance but are not required to cross the hedge. Yeah. Um, I use them to clear spaces. I use them um, mostly in teas and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You've been telling me about that. So, so um, yeah. how is that going? Oh, it's fantastic. It, it's become a big part of my practice to consume these special blends and, and create these special blends of teas. There's teas that help with lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. There's teas that help with my tarot practice. Now, are you like finding these recipes online? Are you getting them downloaded to you from the other realm? Where, where are they coming from? I am really sort of um, creating my own concoction. Some of them, I, I mean, oftentimes I'll just buy tea, like I'll find it on sale at Lassen's or whatever, or, mm-hmm. you know, Vaughn's, and yeah. I'll rip open the tea bags and mix <laughs> them up, right? And um, I, I bought this beautiful tea kettle for loose leaf tea. Oh, I saw that at, at the, the cottage. cottage. Yeah, at the yeah. cottage. Gorgeous tea kettle that came from Nepal. And um, I will put my, my hand-mixed tea based on, you know, maybe it's going to be based on the moon phase, right? Maybe it's going to be based on some uh, petition that I've just written or, you know, some sort of candle magic that I'm going to be performing. I'll, I'll mix a special tea and that becomes part of the ritual. So, so- I'll brew it. And just brewing it, putting it together, taking the, you know, maybe I'm using lavender and blueberry and mint or something like that um, mm-hmm. and creating this, this tea that I want to enhance. I want to enhance the petition that I've written for new moon, right? Mm-hmm. And then the act of brewing it and steeping it in this beautiful kettle and then consuming it in a beautiful mug is a big part of my ritual. I think that's beautiful. Now you said that, you know, sometimes that you, you just open up tea bags, pre-made tea bags, but do you also just like create your own concoctions off of loose herbs? No, I'm, I'm okay. going to say no, because I don't want anybody to do that because not all <laughs> herbs are consumable. Yes. No, absolutely. That's, I, I've talked about yeah. that previously is, uh, one of the episodes was take a shot. If I say, do your research. So yes, yes. No, I, I I was just curious you personally, because I do know that you are well-versed and you do your research. Yes, Um, I do my research, but I, I I can, I can be a little bit of a, of a lazy witch. You really want to know what you're doing when you're, because not, you know, like you don't want to consume raw eucalyptus and things like that. It can be very toxic. Yes. No, and that's kind of where where I was leading with that is like, what what resources do you suggest for people who would want to make their own teas? Um, Republic of Tea. I would go there first because okay. there's what I love about Republic of Tea is there's information on it's tea T one hundred one. Okay, right T one hundred one. So it's like Teapedia. Teapedia. I love that. <laughs> that's awesome. So in, in the herbs are used in a tea, and I also use that when I'm out in nature. What I mean by that is I may bring herbs with me. Mm-hmm. You have your crystals, right? Yep. You have your girl. I've seen you pull crystals out of places that <laughs> I'm like, where'd you get that? <laughs> and why do you have that giant <laughs> selenite in your bra? <laughs> Hey, hey, selenite brings love and light, man. Okay, brings love and light. <laughs> well, I, I will bring herbs in that same vein, right? Gotcha, I'll, okay. I might have a bag of mint or, yeah. you know, something like that. Um, I do sachets too with herbs. And usually it's a, a concoction of herbs and crystals. Yeah. That's just, you know. Okay, there you go. There you go. It's, I it's put crystals just, in everything, so. It's very powerful. And, and sometimes I will, I will give back when I'm in nature. 
mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm lost. And I've I've been lost in the in the woods before too. Wow. And I've had my freak out moment. <laughs> um, so I decided that's not going to happen again. Yeah. And I now carry herbs where um I will I will leave a little donation, I guess you could say, back An to offering. the earth. An offering back to the earth, mm-hmm. um, just so, just to kind of hedge my bets that I'm not yeah. going to lose the trail. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was I was getting at earlier when we went off on a on a tea tea tangent on a tea, on a tea tangent. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. herbs herbs are definitely a big part of what I do, and I I use them in in oils often. I my practice in anointing candles very yeah. powerful and i gotta say stan at enchanted cottage mixes some of the best oils that i've used i've used their sprays i've never had any like um custom oils done though oh amazing amazing and really all you have to do is tell them tell them what what you know basically what your use is going to be mm-hmm. um if it's going to be a, a full moon or if it's going to you know some whatever ritual you're looking at he will concoct he'll give you a special blend Mm -hmm. Um, really amazing yeah he's very wise when it comes to herbs uh very much i remember going in once and explaining something and being like um so i need to deal with this what 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 herb do i need right (laughs) and he was just like boom this is yep. what you need. Here it is. What you need. Here you go. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome sauce. Thanks. Yep. And so. I love watching them mix it up and, you know, in the beautiful bottle. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. just the whole thing. They just, they do a phenomenal job. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they really care about the community too. Right. It's a great place. Yeah. That's my go-to. So you made a comment that your grandma had some occult books as well. So is this, is, is paganism something that's run in the family or was it just something like she was into history or, or what's that about? Well, I, you know, my grandmother used to always tell us she was a witch Hmm. and that she came from a long line of witches. Shut the front door. And we used to giggle and laugh and think, Oh, grandma's a witch, you know, (laughs) as we, you know, um, Uh grandma. Right. And you know, we, she taught us tarot when we were very young and that's what we would, we would play with the tarot cards. Oh, so that's where that came from. That's where that came from. Initially I was drawn to the cards because of the imagery that, Mm -hmm. you know, my favorites were the tower, the devil, death, you know, (laughs) they were very compelling to my, to my young mind. Yeah. And, um, as I became a teenager, I think I told you, I kind of stepped away from all of that. And I, mm-hmm. I call it the dark ages. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but tarot followed me. And I think you could probably understand that, right? Oh, yes, I can. Yes, I it, can. You know, it would, it, I would look for my tarot cards and they were tucked away in a deep, dark corner somewhere. And I'd take them out and I'd look at them and then I'd stick them back in the corner. But they always called to me no matter yeah. where I was or what I was doing over the years. And they're very patient. Yeah. Very patient. Do you um, still have your first deck? I'm just curious. Oh gosh. I wish I did. I so wish I did. I, I, I can tell you, I don't know if I do because um, you know, my grandmother died 30 years ago mm-hmm. and um, her stuff is kind of all over the place. Gotcha. I'm sure that deck is somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, they kept calling to me and kept calling to me. And it really, it really wasn't until the last 10 years that I started really picking them up again and mm-hmm. loving on them, you know? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Regaining that relationship with your cards. Yes. I feel like there's a difference between people who are meant to read tarot and people that just read tarot sporadically. Yeah. Because I know that like, as crazy as it sounds, <laughs> Each of my decks has a completely different personality. Oh yeah. And they they let me know who wants to read for what client typically. Sometimes they fight. And I know that sounds absurd, but um not to me. <laughs> well, thanks. I feel less less crazy. 
<laughs> but no, I, re- I really feel like the cards have a personality. You gain a relationship. My, um, what I call my OG deck, which is the first, you know, the deck that I was given years and years ago, my first deck, there was like two years where they were just like, nope, I, I, you have been reading with me for 20, for like 20 years. Need a break. I need a nap. You have a couple of good decks now. I trust them. I'm going to take a nap for for Uh a while. And they did. Yeah. And just recently, I'd say in the last two years has, have kind of come back into my circulation, my rotation of the decks that I use. Yeah. yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's interesting the relationships that we gain with our cards. And I don't know if it's really the cards themselves or if different guides are associated with different decks, but you know, that's some some spiritual digging that I will need to do at some point. Yeah, I mean they do they do have their own personality and right now I'm um I'm reading with a a deck called Deviant Moon. Oh yeah, I've got that. And initially when when I purchased this deck initially i was just drawn to the imagery the imagery is very um it's kind of dark right to me it's dark imagery grotesque yes that's a good way to put it it's grotesque and kind of dark and i was like i must have you (laughs) i must have you and i i bought it and i took it out and i looked at it and i was like nope put you back (laughs) and i wasn't ready to read it i wasn't ready to read with it and it went months and finally it it was like okay we're ready now and now it has been the most powerful deck i think i've owned how interesting i would have not yeah. have, and and this is exactly what i'm talking about i would have never in a million years gina pegged you for a deviant moon person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ever i know crazy and it's just so powerful and i connect with the images um, they're so relevant to everything that, that I've been reading lately. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're kind of my, num- they're my favorite child right now. That's awesome. Uh-huh. I think, yeah, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad we had this conversation cause I feel a little better. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you've been reading since you were five. I've been reading since I was 12. I know that this is the way I function, but I sound crazy to other people. Um, Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I think a lot of people who you read for or people peripherally that maybe hear you speak do probably connect with what you're saying, but because it's outside of their chosen belief system, Mm -hmm. they choose to label it Mm -hmm. as something crazy or cuckoo or woo-woo or yeah, I think that that's definitely not the people I read for, but definitely people on the outskirts. Like I have a, you know, I post, I post readings up on Instagram every week and I had someone message me that I used to work with oof, 15 years ago. And they were like, I had no idea that you were into this. And I was just waiting for the judgy religious yeah. talk, right? I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. But it was the complete opposite. Yeah. They were like, I've been obsessed with magic and like witches and wizards since I was a kid. And I just never had anyone to talk to about it. And I was like, I'm here for you. <laughs> I've got you. you know? Exactly. Because it, you know, it, it's not meant to stay hidden forever. Yeah. It's so authentic. It's meant to come out at some point. Religion in any way, shape or form. I, I have, I have mad respect for all religions right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but religion by definition, especially in the evangelical Christians, because I went there, mm-hmm. I was in that for about seven years. It is absolutely not okay in that particular belief system to have any sort of intermingling with anybody who does what we do. Wow. And I have lost friends, you know, and, it, and it's sad because they don't ask me what is my belief system based in? Mm-hmm. They don't have a conversation with me um, because with me, I find I've had, like I said, I have mad respect for all religion, religion, and I often find more similarities than differences yeah. in most religions. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they deduce or they've heard through the grapevine that the occult is scary and of the devil mm-hmm. in air quotes, um, yeah. <laughs> they just, they shut the door. Yeah. 
It's really yep. sad, you know, and that's it's actually one of the reasons I created this podcast is so that people know that when they're being judged by everyone, they're, they're not alone in that. They're not the first person. They're not the only person who's ever been right. judged and treated oddly because of their belief system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it breaks my heart to hear that you've lost friends that judged you based on your beliefs. And, and it's based in fear. That's based in fear. They're fearful. Mm-hmm. So they have to, they have to close their eyes to it. I can't, I can't associate with that Yeah, because that's scary. I get it. I don't, I don't hold, I, you know, I don't have any ill, ill will towards them for doing that. I totally understand it. Obviously I agree with not, not having ill will towards anyone. That's obvious, but I just, I don't understand it. Mm. I don't. And, and I think it's because I'm just so open-minded. Um, yeah. But, you know, there are things that make me uncomfortable um, that other people do. So, I mean, but I think the difference is I would at least have that conversation with someone. Right. You know, but exactly. Just, you like, would say, why do you, do, why do you believe that? Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. like, like the, the kid in high school who was the leader of the Bible club. Right. And um, of all the people that I thought would judge me, he was not the one. He was the one who was like, I'm interested in, in why you do this. Let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, if the leader of the Bible club <laughs> can well, have a I conversation mean, with the tarot reading pagan, like anyone right. would be able to. And it's just that. It's seeing people on a human level instead of the labels that we place on ourselves. Yes. And that we place on other people because I read tarot. People think that I worship the devil and I sacrifice babies. Like, I I know it's, it's absurd. It is absurd. And that's just lack of understanding, ignorance. Mm -hmm. And and that's what, and fear. And that's what they're told. Mm -hmm. That's what they're told by that dogma that it's in the dogma that it's of the devil. Yeah. It's really sad. But, you know, so, so how did you deal with that? Did you just like forgive them in your own way and move on with life? Yeah. You know, you have to, you know, it's hurtful to lose somebody without even a conversation, but you have to feel it and release it. Yeah. That that's part of what we do as pagans, you know, you feel it, then you release it. And, um, it's, it's always going to be that way. There's forever going to be detractors from what we do because we are outside quote unquote outside of the norm which is the established religion Mm -hmm. now what about what about family like you said your your grandma was a witch so i'm assuming that that side of the family was pretty okay when you decided to come out of the closet my grandmother was a southern baptist the witch grandma or the other grandma <laughs> the witch grandma was a southern oh, baptist girl front door she was from arkansas from the ozarks and was a southern baptist see my my family's from arkansas as well so maybe really? we're related somehow interesting mm-hmm. i'm from the ozarks part of it we yeah. were hill people yeah. And um I still have family there and um they're wonderful, wonderful. Um yeah. but yeah, they were Southern Baptists and and you know, they were church going and um it's it's a different mindset. It was it was not tied into paganism mm-hmm. per se. It was it was more folk magic. Yeah. And kitchen witchery and okay. salves and healings and things like that see and people what's funny is technically that would fall under witchcraft right 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 and people don't realize that you can be a witch and be a christian at the same time like working working with nature and the healing power of nature and being christian can go together and that's fine absolutely you don't have to be energy workers we are energy workers and that's what we do. So yeah. we wear the label witch, but we are energy workers. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and some energy workers don't consider themselves witches. Right. Um, which is a conversation I plan to have with someone. <laughs> 
even within the pagan community and that's okay they can you can yeah you can call yourself a palm tree it doesn't matter <laughs> you know what i mean um you know it i mean i call myself a wolf so why not right <laughs> right exactly and that's that's what i love about the pagan community you yeah. know even here in bakersfield where we have our little our little hot spot of pagan community mm -hmm. um but it's growing it's growing as people awaken free thinking non-judgmental community is growing of, yeah. of pagans that are outside that established religion absolutely i'm really anxious to see what the turnout's going to be like after life gets back to normal for kcpc yeah i i think i, I in my opinion i think it's going to be bigger than ever I think so too. And even if people aren't coming to KCPC, even just people that are like going to the cottage to buy supplies, because right. that's really where you're going to see where it's growing. Cause a lot of people are still very, very deep in the closet or they're yeah. just not interested in being social witches, which is fine. Um, you know, but, but essentially if you're in town, you're going to the cottage to get stuff yes. unless you're buying it online, which is fine too. We're going to, outlying areas i've i've gone to shops in different towns just because i happened to be there and was like oh let's see what they've got so um and fyi the guys at the cottage have put everything online and they yes. will be opening their online store so yes. um you will be able to buy your items online yeah they're already up it's already up oh fantastic i went i went peeking on there the other day mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um they put a lot of work into that. I know that's poor stands, hours, hours and hours of work. <laughs> yeah, no, he and and he used this downtime of the lockdown to to put every single item online. Yeah. Um, so you know, they just work so hard to support the community and I so much appreciate them for everything they do. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is your favorite part about being pagan? Oh, the, what we were just talking about, the community. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that free thinking, that what I found in Boston when I first, when I moved from, think about moving from Bakersfield in mm -hmm. the 80s, and I moved to Boston where everybody's free thinking. And I, I had actually moved to Canada first. So I lived in Canada for a year, wow. which is a whole other conversation. Um. But having that, that community of being able to have these intelligent discussions about pretty much anything, mm -hmm. you know, and then I found that type of free thinking community and ability to have these intellectual discussions in the pagan community here in Bakersfield and elsewhere. Yeah. So that's my favorite part of it is the community, the events that we have mystic fair um just simply having a drum circle or yeah. having a you know um, a moon ritual and being together for that for an hour and a half yeah and i think what i like a lot as well is you know talking about community is unless you have um what i call snooty witches or bitch witches <laughs> um unless you happen across because those listen there are jerks wherever you go no oh yeah what branch of anything okay of course but, but as a whole typically the pagan community is so welcoming we have people that come down from la quite often to bakersfield and it's like there there are people and you know when when i go elsewhere right. it's like i'm their people and it's it's just you know we're all part of this great big family and you know, mm -hmm. people give, people give um, the pagan community crap about the whole love and light thing. Now, do I, do I think paganism and witchcraft are all love and light? Absolutely not. And that'll be another episode. <laughs> right. but, um, but as a whole, you know what I mean? Like, do, do we typically, you know, open, you know, welcome people with open arms and open hearts? Yeah. And, right. you know, we wish everyone well until you screw us over. Like, it's just, we can't help it. If you do us wrong, we're going to, you know, 
ask karma to do her job quicker than usual, but we're pretty understanding as a community, I feel. You know, we're we're pretty accepting. Yeah, you're going to have your nasties in any mm-hmm. community. The people that want to dominate or rule or, you know, mm-hmm. have, hold power over others. Yeah, that's and the in people any... who do it just for attention. A- exactly. And, but for the most part, exactly what you said, most pagans will check their ego at the door mm-hmm. and just hold space for other people. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Just holding space for other people with, without judgment and just a curious mind. It's beautiful. Absolutely. It's one of the things I mm-hmm. love the most about it. I know if I walk into a metaphysical shop in any town, I'm going to hit it off with someone either in the store or behind the counter. Right. And, right. and it's just this, it's this knowing that it's kind of like now how, how with social distancing, we're apart together or together apart or however yes. people are wording it. And I feel like that's kind of how the pagan community is. It's like when you see someone, it's like this secret club that you're in. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like, like we should have a secret handshake or something. I know. You know? Like, like, <laughs> what's, what's funny to me, though, is like you, you do see people who will have like a, a pentacle on their arm, on a tattoo, or like a necklace or something, and you think that they're pagan, and you kind of like make a face like, hey, and they're just like, huh? you know what that you true story true story I worked with a gentleman um and he had he had a pinnacle on his arm with like a sun around it which I guess is the symbol for supernatural right like it's it's a symbol in the show supernatural okay and he likes the show supernatural so he got it tattooed on his arm okay and I we are not talking tiny. It takes up his entire forearm. He really liked the show. And I was like, I was like, oh, I like saw it one day and I was like, oh, I'm going to wait till there's nobody here because again, people being in the closet and me respecting that. Yeah. I waited till there was nobody there one day. I happened to, we happened to be in the room at the same time. And I was like, hey, so are you pagan? And he's like, am I what? And I was like, <laughs> are you pagan? And he's like, I don't even know what that is. So I'm going to say no. And I was like, <laughs> are you, are you into witchcraft? And he's like, no, why? And I was like, cause you literally have a pentagram on your <laughs> or pentacle on your arm. And he's yeah. like, Oh no, no, no. It's not for that. It's, it's from the show supernatural. And I was oh, like, that's funny. And you I'm know, like, Oh honey. Like, do you yeah. realize you have a massive <laughs> religious symbol on your arm that you have no idea what it means? And he's like, oh, well, and I I explained it to him, you know, the earth, air, fire, water, spirit, and circle of protection. Right. And he's like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. He was like, at first I was really nervous when you told me that I had a religious symbol on my arm and that it was for witches. But I mean, if it's just a symbol of protection, I'm cool with that. And I'm like, all right, cool. (laughs) Glad we had this chat. (laughs) That's very cute. Cute of him. Yeah. You know, people, people are going to do what they're going to do, you know? And that's a very good case in point of the symbols that we revere, like mm-hmm. the pentagram, mm-hmm. and you know have this have this meaning for us that other people don't understand. They attribute it to something that they've seen in Hollywood mm-hmm. in a movie. Yeah. Um, you know that the the Catholic Church, and I, I don't mean to pick on Catholics, but I'm picking on Catholics. The Catholic Church over you know thousands of years has morphed into something that it's not i think that this the pagan community that's growing and growing and growing and coming out of the out of the shadows is taking it back i mean let's let's face it selena fox has spent her entire life doing just that fostering those types of things that's Mm -hmm. been her mission since the 70s is to unify and create this understanding it's what i love so much about her yeah she's a phenomenal woman her energy is just kindness and peace and love and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what she has fostered is unity. She reaches out to these communities. She has these talks with pastors and priests and politicians. Mm-hmm. She's been huge in, in bringing acceptance to the pagan community. Yeah, she's really her paved big the way. Uh-huh, she has and continues to do so, thankfully. Absolutely. And she's such a sweet woman. I got to meet her at a mm-hmm. pagan festival. Absolutely. My amazing woman. 
with phenomenal energy, but like everyone who was there was just absurdly awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was a, that was a great event for sure. Great event. And again, community. community. That was again, all about community. Not everybody that attended was pagan, but they yeah. were curious and having that curious mind is really what it's about because there are as many paths in paganism as there are stars in the sky. Oh yeah. And just having that curious mind to find out what it's all about and how wonderful it is and that it's based in nature and love and harmony and peace and you know all of these things that are good. That's what I love about it so much. Yeah. Now, if you had a message for people who were looking into becoming pagan, what would that be? If people are thinking of becoming pagan, it's probably already happening. And just be curious. Be curious. Try meditation. I feel like like meditation is is an easy footstep into energy work. Yes. You know. 100%. Because you don't need anything. And in, honestly, in any in any energy work, in any magic, you don't need anything but your own intentions. Right. Um, when you're first starting out, tools are great because, you know, they help you focus, but you don't need any of that. You really don't. Yeah. But having that curious mind and, and just asking the questions, you, you know, go into the cottage and ask a question. It's forever. It's forever about learning. You know, I'm planning a trip to Nepal next year. So that's going to be my next thing is I'm going to be traveling to that part of the world to kind of deepen my meditation practice and do a spiritual retreat. That's awesome. Are you like going to like a set retreat or are you just going? I'm going and I'm going to do some trekking and I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to spend some time in Kathmandu and I'm going to do some other things around that area. But there is an actual retreat. It's going to be deepening my meditation practice. And that what you just said, the meditation is really kind of the key. That's what, that's the key that turns on the car you know? Oh, yeah. And that meditation is so important. And a lot of people say, I can't meditate. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. You can. You can breathe. You can close your eyes. You can meditate. Whether you start out meditating for 30 seconds or for 30 minutes, yeah. um, it's all about breath work. And there's so many videos on YouTube, on Facebook, um, that you can learn how to meditate. Oh, easy. And there's apps. Like one of my favorite apps, I don't know if I've mentioned it on here yet or not. Um, it's called Headspace. And the first like 10 sessions or so are free. And after that, you have to pay. But in the first 10 sessions, they teach you how to meditate. Like they teach you, you know, you're not, you're, you're human. Your brain does not shut off. That's not the right. way meditation works. Talking about what media has done is, you know, media has told us that meditation is you sit down for an hour and you don't think and you turn your brain off, but that's not the way it works. It's you acknowledge that there are things going on in your brain, but you essentially push them aside for later and you focus on what you want to focus on. And typically you're trying to empty your brain as much as you can, but you're going to focus on your breathing and just whatever comes to you is what you need to hear, what you need to know once right. you get out of that monkey mind state. Once, you're, yes. once you have kind of trained yourself to not be constantly thinking, especially in the today's day and age, we're so used to multitasking and doing a multitude of things at the same time that sitting down doing nothing is an absurd notion. Right. We're watch TV while we're scrolling on our phones, people. Right. You know, so our brain doesn't know how to do nothing or even very little things because we have trained it to do multiple things at once. We've trained it to listen to a podcast while you're working, you know, and there's so much that we've trained our brains to do, but we have not trained our brains to calm down. Right. Absolutely. Everything's lit up all the time. Yeah. And honestly, meditation, at least for me, Mm-hmm. is an active practice. It's mm-hmm. not even about not thinking. Now, you know, obviously the what I understand from the Buddhist monks is that you're trying to attain that state of nirvana of nothingness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, meditation is active. It like you said, it's ta- it's about focusing on the breathing. 
-hmm. or Christine teaches this, this method where you focus on one body part at a time, but your mind is, you're, it's really distracting from the monkey mind. Yes. And it's trying to retrain that monkey Mm -hmm. mind to not jump around so much. Exactly. You know, and it's just like anything else you have to practice before you get good at it. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else that you just really want everybody to hear? Um, you know, we've covered a lot here and, and I'm, I'm really, I really like you am excited to see what happens once we're off of this lockdown. I think, um, I agree with you that there's going to be a new normal. Yeah. I like the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm watching these videos of, of Yosemite and of Yellowstone and all of, uh, you know, our natural parks. It was very quickly that they started being reclaimed by nature. Oh yeah. Here in Bakersfield, our air is clean and I like it. I, I like that. I like the fact that I get to see my, my pagan people more now on zoom than I did in person. So yeah, that is true. I'd like to see that that slowing down stick for a while. Yeah, I think we're going to have to ease back into, quote, normal. So hopefully, you know, we have a nice little transition. And that, you know, some of the things that we as a species have learned during this time sticks. You know, I think that a lot of people are realizing how much they've taken for granted during this time. Yes. Nature is there and it's doing its thing. Mm -hmm. But the spirits of these things in nature they become touchstones. They're touchstones of protection and strength. And I hope if nothing else comes of this pandemic, that we start being better stewards. I completely agree. Well, Gina, I really, really appreciate you coming and talking with me virtually um, and letting me share your story with the world. Just a reminder, everyone, you can find her at Northern Lights Soul Tarot on Facebook. Yes. Um, And I appreciate you, my friend. mm -hmm. You have always been kind of a shining beacon. You just kind of flash like a beacon for me. And just that energy and that I've told you before, you're like a protector. You're like the, the mama, the wolf. Yeah. And I, I just love that about you. And um, I am so happy to have you in my life. Oh, thank you. That's the sweetest thing ever. I'm, I'm really glad that you accidentally stumbled upon KCPC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> thank it, you, universe. Right, right. Everything happens for a reason. That's right. No, I, I really am glad that, to have met you and to have you in my life. You know, I do consider you one of my good friends. And, and uh, I know that my life would be different without you in it. So. Remember that you can find us on Instagram at out of the broom closet with periods between each word or out of the broom closet podcast at gmail.com. You can find all things tarot and crystals at wise wolf tarot with periods between each word on Instagram and Facebook search for wise wolf tarot. Thanks for stopping by everybody. Be the light, my friends, and know that you are never alone.